I'm Evan Knappen, and welcome to Gun Lawyer. Hey, do you ever wonder how come, after any atrocity committed with a gun, Democrats think the answer is to take away guns from those who didn't do it? I always wonder why that's their knee-jerk reaction. But uh, anyway, I've got some great questions that have come in from listeners, and uh, these are really... uh, Get me thinking about stuff. I got to say, you guys are really something. You come up with some interesting questions, and I have to ponder them. So here's one I'd like to start off with right here. And that one is, uh, this is from Bill. And Bill says, uh, regarding our slam fire shotguns, machine guns. Hi, Evan. My question for you is, are slam-fire shotguns like the Ithaca Model 37 machine guns in New Jersey? He talks about NJS 2C391I, which defines machine gun as a machine gun means any firearm, mechanism, or instrument not requiring that the trigger be pressed for each shot and having a reservoir, belt, or other means of storing and carrying ammunition which can be loaded into the firearm mechanism or instrument and fired therefrom. A machine gun shall include, without limitation, any firearm with a trigger crank attached. Think about that. Any firearm with a trigger crank attached. Well, I'm kind of cranky at times. What if I attach my finger to a trigger? Does it? No, I'm just kidding. But the thing is, the trigger crank was added in, by the way. Uh, by Murphy, and then in the adding in of the trigger crank, though they specifically exempt Gatling guns, which I think is really great. So machine guns are prohibited, but Gatling guns are specifically allowed. So if you want a Gatling gun in Jersey, you can have one. Uh, and man, some of them are really nice. Those those uh, old Gatlings are pretty cool. But anyway, I digress. So the question with Bill here is are Slam fire shotguns, machine guns, and what he's referring to as a slam fire are certain pump action shotguns, as he correctly identifies a Ithaca Model 37, but also the most famous would be the Winchester 1897. And those are guns where if you hold the trigger back, just like you would on a single action revolver, if you hold the trigger back, and then pump the action. Every time you pump, it will fire without you having to release the trigger and then pull the trigger. So you simply hold the trigger back and then pump away. Boom, 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 boom. And it's fun to slam fire shotguns if you haven't done it, if you have a gun that allows you to do it. And um, it reminded me, on slam fires of a interesting uh, there's an interesting book uh, subversive literature you may have heard of it it's the uh, poor man's james bond this was a book that competed with the anarchist cookbook right the famous anarchist cookbook that you should not rely upon because a lot of the information in that book is seriously flawed now the poor man's james bond is actually a better book of interesting improvised weapons and things. It was written by a guy named Kurt Saxon. 
And uh, in that book by Kurt Saxon, he talks about when he took a Winchester model 1897 and he tricked it out by putting a mag tube extension. So I think it held like 10 rounds in it. And then he put this T-bar handle with a roller on the end of the bar to the pump. So you literally would pump this T. It, it stuck out like a Sten gun mag off the side of the shotgun. And you would pump it, and it would roll in your hand. And by holding the trigger back, you could like, bah, 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 bah. you could really rip that slam bang action uh, by pumping it with that roller pump mechanism that he outlines had to do in the poor man's James Bond. But anyway, be that as it may, the question is, are the slam fire shotguns machine guns under Jersey law? Now, that's something I had not really uh, considered because slam bang shotguns have been around a hell of a long time. Like I said, the Winchester Model 1897, you know, one of the classic pump shotguns that have been around since, well, the late 1800s, was a slam fire. And uh, I have never heard of anyone prosecuted for possessing an old Winchester 97 shotgun as a machine gun. And, you know, there's only been about a million Ithaca Model 37s out there that function in the same way. And they've no one's ever been prosecuted for that. So if you technically read Jersey's law here, yes, it appears so because of the requirement that a trigger be pressed for each shot. And the... Trigger pressing for each shot is where we get into the argument. Now, it, you could argue, though, that you are pressing the trigger for each shot. And the reason you are is that even though you're continuing to hold the trigger, you're still having to keep it pressed for each shot, and each shot is created by the pump of the shotgun. Whereas with a machine gun as you and I know it, which is fully automatic, you're pulling the trigger and the gun is just firing by itself, right? Its function is automatic and the trigger is not being pressed for each shot, it's being held and the gun is automatically firing. But it's true that New Jersey statute does not say automatic. And that's because New Jersey's gun laws are so unbelievably poorly written and this is yet another example and they never cease to amaze me with how bad a legislator who doesn't know jack about guns can write crap gun laws they specialize in it in jersey but if we look at the federal law which has been around since the 1930s the federal law under 826 usc 5845B, which has definition for purposes of the National Firearm Act of machine guns and defines it. It's any weapon which shoots, is designed to shoot, or can readily be restored to shoot automatically. They put the word in there, automatically. More than one shot without manual reloading by a single function of the trigger, the frame, or receiver of any weapon. So federal law is quite clear about it having to be automatic and the trigger pull. New Jersey 
didn't include that, but often in New Jersey's deficiencies in their definition of various prohibitions, they do often give a default to federal law. And I've seen that over and over. For example, um, uh, defining a firearm with firearm or frame. You know, it isn't until recently that we've seen Jersey actually use that term in their ghost gun law. But prior, it took state police admin code to uh, follow that. We saw, like, pistol brace. Uh, that was following federal law by the state. And I gave him credit for following federal law on that. So it's not that unusual for the state to do that. And here, of course, it cries out for it because plainly, uh, shotguns that have been around for well over a hundred years uh, are not machine guns. And I believe with expert testimony, if push ever came to shove on this issue, uh, we could absolutely demonstrate uh, the difference and what is been traditionally recognized as a machine gun and that the old Winchester 97 was not a machine gun. And even though, yeah, it's fun to slam fire a shotgun, I don't think you have to worry about being prosecuted for machine gun possession in New Jersey uh, simply because you have a shotgun that operates like the old 97 or the Winchester or the Ithaca 37. Uh, I don't see that as something to lose any sleep over. Although I don't blame you for asking because New Jersey is still New Jersey, folks, and I get it. But uh, good question and something definitely to think about. I received uh, another great letter here from Mark. And Mark writes regarding permit delays. And, you know, we encounter this permit delay situation a lot in New Jersey. And here's what Mark says. He applied for a firearm purchase and pistol permit in the first week of March. He followed up for a status with Wall Township in April and was told not to expect any action on my application until July through August. Is this reasonable given all the CC permits, I mean, concealed carry permits they're reviewing or am I being jerked around? Well, you know what? You're being jerked around. You're being jerked around because the law says for firearm ID card and pistol purchase permits that they're supposed to approve it or deny it within 30 days. So they are well over the statutory requirement. However, New Jersey's statute on 30 days has no teeth. It has no teeth. Yeah, the law says that, but guess what? The state routinely breaks the law. Now, if you break any law, if you, you know, make any mistake in the gun law, anything, well, forget it. You're, you're, you're going to be uh, uh, nailed on that. But the state, well, we'll just ignore the 30-day deadline. Try ignoring a deadline for your time to appeal and see what happens with you. But the state, no problem. And there's even a case law on it out there, Adler versus Levac, where the court said, oh, yeah, that's there, but you know what? If they have good reason, they can extend it, even go 90 days. You know, They, they just bend over backwards for the state to blow through deadlines that, hey, it only applies to our constitutional rights, right? So why should that deadline be enforced? But the bottom line is, yeah, it's supposed to be 30 days, and they're not doing their job appropriately under the law, which is true. That's what the statute says. Now, it could be that they are overwhelmed with the number of permits and numbers of 
applicants and individuals trying to get guns, and they're just doing their best. And it could very well be that. And if it is, I can almost understand. It's not right. It's a, it should be funded. It should. We shouldn't have to lose our constitutional rights over this. But maybe, maybe they have legitimate reason just in terms of the physical ability to get it done. I don't know. But the fact is the law says 30 days, and that's a fact. But it's no teeth to it. There's no enforceability. Now, what's interesting here is contrast that with the carry permit law, which is kind of interesting. Now that we have the right to get that carry license, the right to carry, uh, thanks to the Bruin decision, New Jersey's carry law, if you apply for a carry permit, says that the police have 90 days to approve or deny it, and if they don't approve it within 90 days, they could try to get an extension of another 30 days, so that puts it at a max of 120 days. But at that point, folks, under the carry law, it is deemed approved. So the deadline for them to make their decision passes, then it's automatically deemed approved. And that means it has to be granted. Whereas there is no deemed approved for a firearm purchaser ID card or a pistol purchase permit. So, Mark, if you had applied in March for both a carry permit and the firearm purchaser ID card and pistol purchase permit, they would have to have moved on it within the deadline period for the carry permit, which, by the way, is the same criteria for whether you're qualified or not qualified to get a gun because the 2C... 58-3, subsection C, disqualifiers are the same disqualifiers for a carry permit, a firearms ID card, and a pistol purchase permit. So that if they failed to take action, you would get your carry permit even before you'd get your firearms ID card and your pistol purchase permit based on how the statutes are written and what the remedy is for the failure of the government to follow the law and do it in a timely manner. Now, of course, I think in reality, they would simply have done all three of yours at the same time, being under the uh, pressure of the carry license statute itself. So if any of you are thinking about applying and you're in towns uh, that maybe have a reputation of being slow or uh, just these delays, then, you know, put into your uh, package getting your carry and your firearms ID card or pistol purchase permit all at the same time, because then you get the benefit of the deadline of the carry permit law. And, you know, it's kind of amazing to even say these things these days, considering I've been doing this uh, gun law practice for over 35 years, and where suddenly the getting of a carry license gives you an advantage in getting licenses issued timely, which is just kind of hilarious. But there it is. Truth stranger than fiction. We come back. I have some more really interesting questions to share uh, with you. See you in a few. 
For over 30 years, attorney Evan Knappen has seen what rotten laws do to good people. That's why he's dedicated his life to fighting for the rights of America's gun owners. A fearsome courtroom litigator fighting for rights, justice, and freedom. An unrelenting gun rights spokesman tearing away at anti-gun propaganda to expose the truth. Author of six best-selling books on gun rights, including Knappen on Gun Law, a bright orange gun law Bible that sits atop the desk of virtually every lawyer, police chief, firearms dealer, and savvy gun owner. That's what made Evan Knappen America's gun lawyer. Gun laws are designed to make you a criminal. Don't become the innocent victim of a vicious anti-gun legal system. This is the guy you want on your side. Keep his name and number in your wallet and hope you never have to use it. But if you live, work, or travel with a firearm, the deck is already stacked against you. You can find him on the web at evannappen.com or follow the link on the Gun Lawyer resource page. Evan Knappen, America's Gun Lawyer. You're listening to Gun Lawyer with attorney Evan Knappen. Available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And welcome back to Gun Lawyer. I'm Evan Knappen. I really appreciate uh, my listeners. You guys are just fantastic. And uh, it just it's great to have a voice and be able to get this information out. And it's great having really top sponsors for this show. I'm very, very proud of my sponsors. Uh, the Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs is a sponsor. That is the state gun rights, top gun rights organization in the state of New Jersey, the NRA affiliate, the largest, strongest voice for the gun owner. And the state association is there. They're in Trenton, full-time paid lobbyist in Trenton. They're there litigating as we speak, litigating against the carry killer anti-civil rights bill, litigating against the assault so-called assault firearm ban and the large capacity as opposed to standard capacity magazine ban and a whole bunch of other court cases. They're actively involved throughout the system defending our rights and every gun owner in New Jersey, I mean it needs to be a member of the Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs. They are the umbrella organization of all rifle and pistol clubs. You join as a member you get fantastic benefits. You're going to get the email alerts right away so you know what's going on in Trenton and steps you can take and action you can take to defend our Second Amendment rights. You're going to get a, a finest newsletter magazine on gun rights in New Jersey. A lot, a lot of hours are put into putting out that fantastic newsletter that is uh, chock full of New Jersey-specific gun rights information and you're just not going to find it anywhere else and you can stay on top of what is going on in New Jersey in the fight from the number one organization and uh, on top of all that the uh, association has its own shooting range you can join as a member or as a range member and uh, you're, you're doing your part when you do join. So check out 
anjrpc.org. That's the Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs, anjrpc.org. Please make sure you're a member. That's where our strength, that's our power, that's our unifying force of the umbrella organization that puts gun owners there as a political force to be reckoned with. So make sure you belong. It's the least you can do as a gun owner in New Jersey. And of course, we also have as a wonderful sponsor, We Shoot. And We Shoot is a target range in Lakewood. It's really a wonderful facility there. I personally love We Shoot and it is a great welcoming place to go and I would highly recommend going to We Shoot. You know, we got to really give business to our ranges. You need to go and shoot. It's great to have guns, but you got to use them. You got to train. You got to stay sharp with your shooting skills. And there's We Shoot in Lakewood. So convenient to both Monmouth County, Ocean County, etc. The surrounding areas, there's this great indoor range facility you can take advantage of. And you can go there and shoot safely. And they have tremendous training. It's also a place where you can get the training done for getting your carry permit in New Jersey. Their trainers will train you and certify you to the credentials and the criteria that New Jersey requires so that you can get that carry license. They've never had any applicant that they've trained rejected for a carry permit because of not meeting the criteria for New Jersey's training requirements. So go there and take care of that. It's their trainers and their facility, and it's the people, not only the facility itself, but it's the people that make great ranges even better. And we've been talking about We Shoot's various counselors uh, over the last few shows and trainers over the last few shows. They have a wide variety of talent and experts that can guide you and meet your needs. And today, I'd like to uh, talk to you about Carl. Now, Carl is also one of the uh, instructors at We Shoot, and Carl uh, joined We Shoot in October of 2022. Now, he has absolutely established himself as a quite a reliable and valuable member of the We Shoot team. And uh, not only does he work the retail of their operation. You can go there, you can talk with Carl, and he'll be able to help you with any of your uh, purchases or things you're looking to uh, acquire through the retail operation. But he is also uh, credentialed as an NRA pistol instructor. He also graduated and became a USCCA uh, carry and home defense fundamentals instructor. And he is furthering his education as we speak at the American Gunsmithing Institute. So, uh, you know, his, uh, his classes have just been getting the highest ratings, keeps getting five-star Google reviews. All the folks that take his classes, they love him from beginners to advanced shooters. And, uh, and if you need that CCW qualification course, he'll get you there. So um, make sure... You visit We Shoot, check out Carl and the great lessons that he's put together, and uh, 
they have, uh, uh, he'll be making a really great new class, which is going to be offered this summer. And of course, that's going to be very popular. So you want to get in on Carl's uh, new class designed for current uh, New Jersey uh, carry permit holders looking to elevate their skill and push their uh, limits. You can also book a private class with Carl. He is available on Wednesday and Friday nights. So don't miss out on that opportunity. Get yourself to We Shoot. There's so much to offer there. If you just want to relax and target shoot, if you need to get great training, if you need to get credentialed, you name it. And there's this great facility, so convenient to all the good folks in that area. And we need those ranges because we don't have a place to shoot. We're going to be bad shape. So make sure you give your business to the ranges and to our sponsors. Find out more about We Shoot. Go to We Shoot USA. That's We Shoot USA.com. And check out, they got a great website, beautiful photography. They really do a great job, folks. And also, I want to mention about my new book. Those of you that listened to the last podcast, I know you know about it, but I am really proud of this book. Boy, I just got some of the uh, printed copies uh, in my own hands, you know, and I'm looking at this, and oh, this thing is just, it really set, it's a 25th anniversary year. I can't believe 25 years of this book in revisions and editions throughout, and this is the ultimate one. And it just is completely up to date, has everything you need to know about the laws to the moment right now. How to get your carry, all these topics in detail, all the specifics you want to know, inheriting gun, all, all assault firearms, are getting all these questions, it's all there in a Q&A, FAQ, easy to understand. Look, I made it as a tool to help you. I wrote it so that it would be user-friendly, so that gun owners can protect themselves by knowing the law in Jersey and not getting stuck in the trap that New Jersey sets. And it's been a really huge success, and this book is just the pinnacle. And let me say, I've been able to now, with modern technology, I have a QR code on the front of that book, Scan that QR code. It'll take you to my subscriber portal. Subscribe for free. And now you're going to get alerts. As soon as I write that alert, it's going out email. And the alert's going to tell you about any changes. And the changes, the additions, whatever the news is, whatever the law changed, whatever the cases have done, you get to download it free from the subscriber archive, it's all free. So now you'll be able to have a book that is absolutely current and up to date at all times. So get the 25th edition and you are set. Scan that code and you will know the law and you'll know the current law because I am keeping it absolutely current to the maximum speed that I'm able to do it, folks. So take advantage of that. If you're interested in picking up a copy, it's over 500 pages, 516 pages, folks, to explain New Jersey gun laws. And just go to my website, 
www.evannappin.com. www.evannappin.com. Click on the book there and get a copy. I know that you will appreciate it. People love it. The only complaints I've had is uh, they say never lend it to anyone because you'll never get it back. So they do mention that. And I guess the way to solve it is to buy more than one copy. But that's what one complaint I had. The other thing that I think is kind of funny but true, and they say it makes an excellent bathroom book because you can just read, you know, one of those chapters at a time. They're, you know, the FAQs on whatever subject may interest you at the moment. So uh, whatever. Hey, reading, having it, have the knowledge, have the power. Check out evannappin.com and get the 25th anniversary edition of New Jersey Gun Law. Now, I have a question from Mary Alice. This is an interesting question. Mary Alice says, regarding hold harmless agreements when going to a new range. Okay, hi, Evan. I would appreciate understanding of the hold harmless agreement that every range requires be signed before shooting. I'm sure you've written a few of these in your day, and I have, a matter of fact. Some rages have a half page of legalese and others many as five pages. Here are my concerns. What rights am I signing away? No range will give me a copy of what I signed. And without that, I can't attempt to understand what I just signed. I feel like I'm just signing it under duress without proper attention to its legal content. I realize that shooting sports can be inherently dangerous, but what if through the range negligence I was hurt on the property? What if a leaky roof allowed for the air conditioner unit to fall down on the building and hurt me? Did I sign away my right to sue for non-firearm negligence? With all the concerns of our constitutional rights being abused, what rights am I signing away? Thank you for some clarity and for all your wonderful advice. Well, watch out for that um, clause in there where you give up your firstborn male child. That's one that does cause a lot of concern for people. No, but actually the, the problem here is it's going to depend on what the release says. And so, yes, you have to sign a release, but they're not stopping you from reading the release. So the first thing you need to do is read it. Okay? As a matter of fact, any contract, anything you're going to sign, make sure you read it. And if you're going to engage in any kind of serious purchase, acquisition, contract, rental agreement, you should really have a lawyer read it. Now, I'm not telling you to have your lawyer read the hold harmless uh, agreement at the range necessarily, but you need, you need to read it. So you need to read it, and it will say about what rights you're giving or what you aren't doing. And, and if you can't live with that, then don't sign it. But... You should also know that many of these hold harmless agreements are not made of stone. And what happens is it's basically understood that any decent lawyer can eventually overcome these type of hold harmless for some of the reasons you even mentioned there, because it's a contract of adhesion, which means you had no ability to negotiate it. It was... Uh, all there and you either signed it or didn't sign it you didn't negotiate terms you know there's ways to go about breaking these things and it's just another hurdle because of how 
much this society litigates and sues at the drop of a hat, and rangers are trying to protect themselves from the uh, just the onslaught of litigation that our society is so uh, eager to bring, especially when it comes to even what might be attempts by those that don't like guns to take down ranges and such. So you got to understand they, they need to protect themselves, which is absolutely true. But you should not be abused in what you sign, so read it and see if it's reasonable. That's the first thing to do. Is it reasonable? I don't know what the provisions of this, of any particular release says until you actually read it. Now, I will tell you that, yes, I've written a number of these for ranges, and I try to write them to be fair and to protect the ranges' uh, interest and to try to make it so that a court would not uh, see this as a, a problem and something that could be stronger to be upheld. And uh, we write with a little trick that I like to do, a little added bonus to help secure it, and that is um, that the person certifies when they sign it that it's true. You're certifying that you agree and that it's true. And the thing about certification in New Jersey is that certification has the same effect as if it was an affidavit, believe it or not. So you can give releases more strength and ability to withstand a legal challenge, but again, uh, they're not unbreakable. And the most important thing is for you just to um, make a careful review and read it and think about it. And if you have questions, ask the person who's having you sign it what it means, and get that clarified. And that's really the best way to do it so that you don't feel that you're just making yourself incredibly vulnerable here. And instead, if it's reasonable and you understand they're just trying to stop from becoming a victim in, our, in an abuse of uh, the legal system that uh, you see take place in all different occasions uh, throughout the system. It's really, we need what is called tort reform. We need it. Uh, most lawyers don't think we need it, right? Of course they don't because this is where they're making their money. But, uh, you know, and it's always, oh, we make it safer society, this and that. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, I'm not one of those guys. I'm not a, a personal injury attorney. I believe in tort reform. What I do as an attorney is I fight the government and I fight for individual rights. And of course, my number one right that I fight for, I bet you can't guess what it is. And of course, Second Amendment. And that's where my law practice goes. But uh, still, this is an interesting question and it's something that does come up. And I appreciate, uh, Mary Alice, that you're sending that question in. This is Evan Knappen reminding you that gun laws don't protect honest citizens from criminals. They protect criminals from honest citizens. Gun Lawyer is a CounterThink media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. Reach us by emailing evan at gun.lawyer. 
The information and opinions in this broadcast do not constitute legal advice. Consult a licensed attorney in your state.